You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I'm doing great. It's uh, we got the LSU revenge tour behind us. Uh, fun stuff. Uh, it really was. It was a great game. This episode, by the way, is brought to you by Built Bar, and I'll talk about them in a bit. But, uh, man, that was a pretty – it was both a thorough ass-whipping and a little bit unsatisfying. I mean, I, I really wanted it to be worse, and, and it could have been. Uh, listening to uh, Barrett Salee and uh, I think it's is it Tom Luganville uh, this morning – Barrett, Tom Luganville said, look, Alabama could have scored what they wanted to. What do you think they could have scored? And Barrett Salee said, I'm not kidding. I think they could have scored 100. And I believe we could have scored 100. Just like the Auburn game, the Iron Bowl in 2012, I really think we could have. Now, <laughs> you don't do things like that. That's not how you operate. I understand. But I would have dug it if we had gotten to 65 or some number like that. That being said, I'm not going to bitch. I'm going to sit and gloat and uh, enjoy it because it did clinch the West for us. Um, it also solidified at least one Heisman finalist, maybe two. It's a shame they won't get to go to New York. It's all going to be a virtual thing. But, um, man, what a performance by Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, and, um, and Mac Jones. Just unbelievable. It's one of the great offenses uh, of all time, not just at Alabama, although I would argue it's probably the best offense. And I saw, saw we, there's a record uh, of, of the many records set last night. One of them is that Alabama has the, mo- uh, uh, the most wide receivers with the touchdown and the most, I mean, the mo- most touchdowns by a wide receiver and most touchdowns by a running back on the same team. The fact that Alabama did this in just nine games against nothing but SEC competition is incredible. I mean, that's the record for a full season and Alabama hasn't played but three quarters of a full season and did it against a conference schedule and to set that record is just evidence of that this really may be the greatest offense of all time in NCAA history that's nuts to say but it really could be and riffing on exactly what you just said Luke it it was a thorough ass whipping all sorts of records again most points ever scored against LSU by an Alabama team and I think we did that in half, not not just in the second half. That's amazing. Yet, I felt like Alabama took their foot off, off the pedal for sure, but also didn't execute that great in the second half. If Slade Bolden doesn't have his bad oh. drop, if Mechie doesn't, and, and, um, and fumble, what I mean is he, he had the fumble, Mechie yeah. had a couple of drops. You, you, you know, if, if that doesn't happen, Alabama does score in the 60s. Um, and that was just poor execution on their part. And again, I wasn't, I was a little frustrated over the fact that there wasn't more of a concerted effort to run the score up. And I never, ever say that, but if there was, if there was ever a game that screamed for it, it was this game. Definitely. And the thing about it is this game could also be a run the score up because I think the whole world would have understood why we did it. This wouldn't be a like uh, we get punished nationally for you know 
not taking it easy on somebody that's undermanned or whatever. No, this, what is that? Okay. Oh. There's big, time, there's, there's, there's big time security at the, uh, at the law offices of, uh, of Jimmy Stein. Um, so, yeah, I think that the, the world would have understood our running the score in this particular case because LSU deserved it. They deserved to have the yeah, score run up on them. There's no doubt about it. And if the roles were reversed, there's no doubt in my mind LSU would have kept going. So they, they don't take their foot off the gas. So, yeah, and going back to Slade Bolden for a minute, and it's so – boy, I'm, I'm really um, – Trying to figure out. Hang on one second. Is my daughter singing? Hang on. <laughs> Sorry about that. My, yeah, I got, gotta, gotta my daughter loves to sing, and oh, and I great. love it. It's awesome, but it's not fun when you're in the middle of a podcast. Um. So, uh, anyway, um, going back to Slade Bolden for a second, and again, I don't want to be negative. It's hard to find too many negative things here, but. I found it a little bit odd that everybody from Louisiana um, or that had a, you know, some kind of tie to LSU for some reason uh, seemed to kick ass of uh, the uh, uh, Devonte Smith. I mean, it goes without saying Christian Harris had a sack. Chris Allen had an unbelievable play, which I assume went, it went down as a fumble, right? It could have really been an interception, but it went down as a fumble um, recovery. And, and he just made a brilliant play. Um, just a, a great performance by all these Louisiana guys. And then Slade Bolden, you know, he makes a big play on third down to make the catch, and then he fumbles. And you could just see the disappointment wash over him like, you know, damn it, everybody's making a move in this thing that's from this state, and I am too, and I I do this. Um, <clears throat> it's getting to the point with me where I'm wondering – Okay, I wish we had gotten one of these other freshmen a little bit, a few more reps, because I, I enjoy Bolden. But, you know, Bolden is kind of like, you remember Harold Joyner from Mountain Brook that went to Auburn and is now transferred. Sure. He's sort of the same thing. He's he's good at a lot of things. I don't think he's great at anything. You know? Right. Yep. Nope. True. And uh, hey, hey, has, uh, has the kickoff time come out yet? For has, has what now? Kickoff time for Arkansas. Um, I was I was looking for it. I've been looking for it, and um, I have not seen um, anything I've, yet. I've been told. I, I was told well, if if it hasn't been in that. Well, I'm sure by the time people read this, it's. I, I was told 11 a.m. that it's going to be 11 a.m. and I feel like it will be 11 a.m. But the thing is, the league changes week to week, uh, and, and the league has the right to change it week to week, and it's sort of up to the league. Uh, and, I, you know, based on the outcome of games around the country, I was wondering if perhaps some minds changed about things. So that's why I was asking. Just while you're saying that, I was like, you know, it would be something if during our recording of this, it came out that, that the Alabama-Arkansas game was off. Because I do think that's possible. I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't. I, I, I believe the Alabama-Arkansas game is going to be scheduled and there will be every effort to play it as scheduled. But I do think there's a chance it won't be. And in terms of when that would come out, it would come out right about right now. That's why it occurred to me. Well, I'll keep my eye on it. Um, and while we're doing the podcast, meanwhile, I want to tell everybody about Built Bar. BuiltBar.com is where you want to go. B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com. Go check them out. Absolutely delicious, nutritious health bars. 
and they don't taste like cardboard. That's the key. It's not even that they don't taste like cardboard. It's like they taste like your favorite candy bar, whatever that is. It t- they taste like that, covered in chocolate, absolutely delicious. Um, I've had a gazillion of them. I enjoy them, uh, and and I trust me on this. Use promo code Locked On when you go to builtbar.com. And uh, as Jimmy is apparently doing laundry, how do you do this every time during a live read? Uh, BuiltBar.com is the place to go to get the the best uh, health bars. Look, they're great for a keto diet. My favorite um, is the carrot cake. It's awesome. It really is. It's so good. Go check them out, BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. What is what in the world is are you you you're like shuffling cards while I'm doing live reads? <laughs> I was just moving around more. Uh, I was moving around more 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 than usual is all I was doing. I was getting settled and see. I just stood up again. But uh, yeah, I was moving around more than I you know what, normally you, move around. This is this is what you're like. You're like dating a supermodel. In I am terms a lot of, like that. In terms of doing a podcast with you, you're chock full <laughs> of information and news and sources, and it's all great. But I, I, the you know, just like a, a supermodel will be stuck up and a lot of a pain in the ass to deal with. It's like, I think you can figure out where your mute button is. I mean, there's all kind of shit. Do I have one? Yes, you do. Yeah, I guess I should do. I guess I should think to do that instead of because see what I'm thinking I'm doing. I don't think that it makes noise, but obviously it does. This equipment is uh is incre- this this equipment is incredible. This between iPhone you, thing between you and Sela. I mean, how am I going to get through this damn podcast? <laughs> uh, but okay, I've accomplished a, I've accomplished a lot, and my schedule just dramatically changed for an early Sunday morning. It did nothing has gone according to plan, so I'm uh. I'm podcasting as I'm being productive. Okay, let's let's take a minute and just revel in the fact that we get to be alive at the same time Devontae Smith is playing football at the University of Alabama. Because, <laughs> uh, Jimmy, I'm going to make a case that, boy, and it seems so weird to say it, that he's the best wide receiver ever to come through Alabama. And, look, I, I understand they're more talented guys. Um but let me say this, okay, if if we go back in time to the receivers that we had last year, right, and and Ruggs and Judy, uh, uh, let's say it's Devontae Smith and Judy that go pro, and Ruggs comes back. Ruggs doesn't have this type of year. Ruggs doesn't have this type of year. I love Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs is fantastic. But Devontae, is got, he's got something extra. He's, he, he's, he's Slade Bolden, but he's great at everything. That's, I mean, Slade Bolden's good at everything. Devontae Smith's great at everything. He can catch. Now, Henry Ruggs made some phenomenal catches, and he's making some in the pros. It's awesome. And his speed is undeniable. But it's, I would say, the elusiveness, the, 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 the best play Devontae made, arguably, I mean, forget the, the play he made with the one-handed catch in the back of the end zone, which, by the way, um, when I'm watching it with a friend of mine here, um, I said, oh, damn it, he threw it away. As soon as he left Definitely. his hand. I said, Mac Jones threw that away. And out of nowhere, this Stretch Armstrong hand comes up and grabs it. And I'm like, that that j- didn't just happen. And in fact, I screamed so loud that I didn't get to hear the TV, you know, Brad Nessler and, and Gary Danielson. And when I watched it again this morning, um, it, it, Gary Danielson was like, come on. I mean, like, this isn't fair. I mean, you know, um, 
But and he's right. But okay, so that was a professional catch. I'm talking about the other the am, uh, in the amateur division. Uh, the best play Devontae Smith had all night was when he caught a pass um, just beyond the first down marker. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, he'll get down and we'll get a first down. He, that's not the way he thinks. He he outmaneuvered somebody, and then he he, he boat raced uh, Neil Farrell, which I know in a foot race that's not fair. But Farrell was going top speed towards him, and Devontae Smith just clicked it into another gear immediately, and uh, it, he gets what another thirty yards or something like that. He he's phenomenal, and I, I mean uh, Amari Cooper is. I don't. Uh, He's scrumptious. Uh, the, the Julio Jones was delicious. All these, I need to quit using these adjectives, but that's the only thing I can think of. Um, they, they're just fantastic. You must be hungry. <laughs> you must be hungry. But Devontae Smith, I, I, I mean, what he's doing now, I do need to, I do need to factor in that Steve Sharkeesian is a brilliant, he's a, he's an offensive savant. I mean, he's, he's incredible. And so that helps. But man, I mean, the things Devontae does just time and time and time and time and time again are unbelievable. I know it's gotten to the point with me that if anyone says a blanket statement of Devontae Smith is the best wide receiver to ever play at Alabama, uh, I'm not going to disagree. I, I don't. I don't know that. I don't know that I'm ready yet to say he's number one. I, I just know I wouldn't argue with someone who says he is number one because. Uh, uh, like you said, it's it's all the boxes that are checked. I, I like when making when when having these type discussions. Who's the best ever? When you're comparing players from different years, different seasons, even different eras, I always want to start with just the bottom line production. I mean, I, I think it's the best logical place to start. Is if someone says who's the best wide receiver in Alabama history, well, we all want to start the discussion. Maybe not end it, but start it. Is okay. Who's caught the most balls for the most yards and the most touchdowns? Who who did that? And I think whoever is at the top of those lists, you know, certainly should start the discussion. And Devontae, if he's not at the top of that list, is creeping up towards it. I know he's already got the touchdown record. But, you know, it, it, but one thing I'll say, and you've already mentioned Amari's name, one thing about Amari that, that just to me has to be factored in here is, Devontae has an NFL quarterback uh, behind this offensive line and nodding in the backfield. Devontae, ha- Devontae has all that stuff, you know, and Amari uh, came in second or third. I think he came in third or something like that. Third in the Heisman playing nothing but wide receiver, not returning punts or kicks, just flat out playing wide receiver, not in the return game, not playing defense, and had Blake – Sims throwing him the football, who who obviously was SEC player of the year, whatever, or your first team all SEC quarterback. Not 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 condemning Blake, just saying, you know, Blake's not an NFL player like Mac Jones, you know, at the quarterback position. So I, I still want to say it's Amari, but every single week we watch Devontae Smith play football, I, I lean more towards that way. And it's it's he's in, he's incredible. The things he does, I'm so anxious to see how it works out for him in the NFL. On the downside, I read a a longtime NFL scout said last night that the last two or three wide receivers to weigh under 180 pounds that were drafted in the first round did not have good careers at all in the NFL. So I'm really anxious to see how Devontae translates. I would say it's a different time in the NFL than even it was five years ago, than even five years ago. It's a different time. So 
I expect Devontae to go in the first round and to have a, a, a good NFL career because he is he's beating guys like Stingley. Who, who there? No one is saying that's the thing about the, and this is why I'm going to argue for Devontae in the draft process. Devontae has beat the crap out of, of Stingley for two years in a row. No one is going to say that Stingley's game doesn't translate to the NFL. That's no right. one is going to argue. Oh, well, you know, Stingley's this or he's that. It won't work out. No, Stingley is going to be a consensus top 10 pick, much like Patrick Sertan. And I have never heard anyone say, well, Devontae destroys everyone, but he can't get open against Sertan in practice. No one has said that because he does. He dominates Sertan too. So I'm just saying for all the people like, ah, oh, his game won't translate to the NFL. Well, he sure is beating the shit out of other guys whose games translate to the NFL. So I think Devontae will be good in the pros, but I also acknowledge the fact that 170-pound players do not traditionally fare well in that league. So, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, but, man, it is fun. Uh, does it really matter? All that matters is what he's done at Alabama for Alabama, and uh, he's just one of the all-time best. I mean, maybe the best at Alabama, which makes him one of the best in uh, college football history. I totally agree. And then I go back to what you said. I, those are great points about um, Amari and, and his quarterback. Uh, that being said, um, I think also uh, Amari was sort of a, sort of a one man show in terms of receiver. I mean, uh, Devante had, has had to share the load for most of his career, even half of this year with Waddle and um, now he's when he's the man, he's not only the man, he's the man. I mean, he's like the shit. So um, and records wise, Devontae Smith now uh, at 198 career catches. He's got 30 more to catch Amari. He's going to, in my opinion, he's going to have to play. We're going to have to play the Arkansas game, SEC championship game and, and two playoff games for him to get those 30 catches if that's going to happen. Um, in terms of a single season, he's got 80 this year. Uh, and he had he only had 68 last year, and um, but Amari's is 124. That's going to be a very difficult catch, uh, no pun intended. Um, single game, he did have 13, and that ties him for the record. I'm going to bet at some point this year in these next four games, he's going to break that record. Uh, and career yards now, Amari played one fewer seasons, but Amari again was kind of the man from the moment he got there. I mean, once we figured out how good Amari was, we didn't screw around. I mean, we got him the ball all we could. And uh Devontae's got thirty four hundred and fourteen yards. He's he's about fifty yards from breaking the record of of Amari and which he should do this next week, assuming we play. And then in a single season uh, Devontae Smith's about with with 11 yards, he beats Jerry Judy for second place for single season, and um, he's going to need about f a little over 400 to beat Amari, which is doable. Um, I wouldn't, I don't know about probable, but in terms of single game, Devontae owns the number one and number two record. Wow. He owns he's 274 against Ole Miss last year, 231 last night, um, and career touchdowns is not even a thing. I mean. Devontae Smith has 38 touchdowns in his career. Amari's next with 31. So, I mean, for the love of all things holy, um, that's craziness. Uh, he's got four games to go. Let's assume he gets five more touchdowns, which is probably conservative. I mean, that's 
that blow the, the, the he's got the SEC record now. Any touchdown from here on out, he just adds to the SEC record. That's I mean, I know we're in an offensive driven league right now and things are nuts. That's gonna be tough to top, man. And how let's get let's you know who's who's not getting enough credit here at Sark. And, and this is a while because people point to the crazy talent and all the Heisman finalists should be Alabama guys. How Devontae's doing this, Alabama's doing all this without Waddle. I mean, Waddle was basically Devontae's equal. That's true. I mean, I mean, in terms of playmaking ability, maybe even his superior in some ways. Uh, it, it's crazy that Jalen Waddle is maybe the most explosive offensive player. People called him before the injury the best non-quarterback in college football. He's hurt, and Alabama doesn't skip a beat. And Obviously, that's talent, but it's also Sark, who has adjusted uh, post-Waddle, uh, replacing Waddle with a dash of Jaleel Billingsley, but basically doubling the scoops of Devontae Smith into the Sunday. And the Sunday is still as delicious as it was before, because we're going to be obviously talking about food today. Boy, who would have thought we'd say use delicious twice in the same Alabama football podcast? We must um, be hungry. We must be but, hungry. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let me tell everybody about Coors Light, Coors Lights. <laughs> well, this I'm glad you brought up Coors Light because that's what I was about to talk about. I Coors Light. I had be. several of them last. Night. Yeah, I, I had several of them last night watching watching the uh, football game. They were absolutely delicious as always. They never let you down, and they always help you relax. They help you chill out. Coors Light is the beer of choice when you need to chill. You know, your whole life is go, 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 go. Well, take a Coors Light break and just have one and enjoy it and and think about how awesome it is to be alive in the time of Devontae Smith. That's what you ought to do when you're having a Coors Light. Coors Light, go to CoorsLight.com. You can find out all about this beer. It's fantastic. You can also just go to the grocery store and get you one and try it. That'd be the best thing to do. Um, I'm sure you all have some in your refrigerators right now anyway. Um, as Jimmy continues to shuffle his papers, but um, I swear, <laughs> I've never heard it. You're the worst. You're the worst. <laughs> the Coors Light is the best, and you're the worst. Um, so, uh, Coors Light brewed right there in Golden, Colorado. My wife and I have been and toured the facility. It is awesome, a lot of fun. And uh, as always, celebrate responsibly when you're drinking that ice cold Coors Light. Jimmy, I also want to tell everybody about Homefield, Homefield Apparel. My goodness, love them. They're awesome. I've got uh, a few of their shirts now, and they're just fantastic. They feel great, and the logos, the designs are incredible. Love them. They go through uh, and get old logos that uh, you know you don't see anymore, and they got they're so cool. You need to go check them out. Homefield Apparel. They've got all these various colleges. Of course, you want to get you some Alabama stuff, no doubt. But they have other colleges. You know, back when I was in high school, that was my thing. That was my catch, was that I used to wear shirts of all different colleges. The only one I wouldn't wear was Auburn. I'd wear a Tennessee shirt. I'd wear a Georgia or whatever, um, an LSU. I just like to have that collection of shirts. I just wasn't going to wear an Auburn one. But um, now, man, if Homefield were around back then when I was in high school, and, of course, I'd need the Internet too, uh, I would have been broke because I would have bought everything they have. They've got all different – they got Slippery Rock and Creighton, a bunch of cool stuff. You know, and everybody's going to be like, where the hell did you get that shirt? You're going to be like, I used promo code Locked on Bama uh, and, and went to Homefield Apparel because they got the best stuff in America. Uh, that's, how Homefield Apparel. that's how people that's, talk. That's how people talk. 
I, I'm very good at imitating other people's conversations. Homefieldapparel.com is where you want to go. Use the promo code locked on Bama. Jimmy, you know, you talked about uh, Waddle being out. First of all, is there any reason to believe Jalen Waddle might come yes. back for the playoffs? There is? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's yes. Good. But I'm um, not reporting that he's coming back. No one knows. I mean, Jalen Waddle doesn't know. Nick Saban doesn't know. It's crazy that people think there's all these sources that know. If they don't know, how the hell would anybody know? But they don't know. There's just the possibility. It cannot be what I'm told is it cannot be ruled out that he may return to full speed activity prior to the playoff. May. Uh, personally, based, again, on what I'm told, my personal expectation is no. I do not expect to see Waddle in the semifinal or the final. Uh, I don't expect to see it. Uh, is it something that is possible? Yes. Well, that's good news. Um, I would certainly love to have him, and I think it makes a difference because I'm going to tell you that – and I love John Mechie. I do. I think he's a great player. I, I mean, in terms of if John Mechie were on the 2007 team or 2000, you know, even 2008 team, I mean, he'd be a superstar. But we're comparing him to Waddle and to Devontae Smith and to Jerry Judy and to Henry Ruggs, and, you know, he seems to have tailed off a little bit and I'm going to tell you something. When Mac Jones threw a great deep ball into double coverage, hit Mechie right in the hands, that's a catch Devontae Smith's going to catch 101 times out of 100. He's going to catch it an extra time that wasn't, it wasn't thrown to it. And John Mechie didn't catch it. He's got, he's got to make that happen. This, he, he's got a legacy to live up to now, uh, this yeah, wide receiver. You know, Sometimes I argue. Sometimes I get accused of being too hard on our players when I'm watching the game. When it comes to catches like that, and I know it's hard. I know that's a hard catch. I mean, what what Mechie was asked to do there is difficult. Not many humans can do it. But that's why he's there. That's why he's there. If playing wide receiver in college or in the SEC means, hey, run fast and catch the balls that hit you in the numbers. I mean, how many numbers of kids throughout the South and the country can do that? I mean, catching a ball that hits you right in the numbers while you're not being covered is not even really a skill that translates. I mean, that's that it, kids play in the backyard do that. No, why Devonte and 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 Waddle and Judy and Julio and Amari, why they could go play this game for millions of dollars is because they make the catches like that and they do it routinely. They're special. And that's why special guys get to do things like go to college for free, get a lot of attention and then get drafted in the first round. So Mechie needs to catch that ball. He doesn't suck because he didn't catch it, but that's what he's there to do is make no, the hard catch that, that normal human beings can't even dream of catching and you're he right. needs to do the, the special routinely. No, that's right. It, it, he does, it's not that he sucks because he didn't catch that. I would argue that 99% of college football wide receivers aren't catching that. I, I get that part. But you're but what you're saying is right. He see, he's got to take the mantle next year. We assume yeah, right. Waddle's gonna go pro. I mean, I I, I mean yeah. I, there's no reason to believe he won't. So if if Waddle's not coming back, Mitchie's the guy. And he's not only the guy, he's gonna be the guy when we have a brand new quarterback, which we'll get to in a little bit. But you know, trying to do the management sandwich, you know, good, bad, good thing here. Um, I wanna say that uh we don't give enough credit to the offensive line. 
Mac Jones had clean, clean, clean pockets all night. And now he put the ball on the money. He is deadly accurate. But he had some incredible pockets all night long. Um, I think it also we should also give a rousing uh, uh, round of applause to uh, Najee Harris. Another nice game. Three more touchdowns. He's just – I mean, it's, it's crazy how we're getting all these guys all these touchdowns. He's fourth in the country in – uh, rushing. Mac Jones is fourth in terms of um in terms of passing yardage and Devontae is number one by like 150 yards in terms of receiving yardage. So it's pretty ridiculous how we're getting all these guys all these numbers. Yep. Yep. And Sark and Sark. I mean I think when you're the best at so many things, you're just one of the best, haven't we? Alabama is elite at running back, elite at quarterback, elite at wide receiver, an elite offensive line. All and the maestro, the guy, the guy mixing it all up and, and, and producing the production and making the orchestra sound like it does is Sark, and he's elite too. And uh, you add all that up, you might just have the best offense in the country. And no, might, might have the best what Alabama's offense got. ever. Um, maybe. And by the way, we could we we this is this game gave us plenty of stuff to talk about all week because Jaleel Billingsley. Um, another big game, and and Sark's uh, Sark's ability to design a play where guys just get wide open. I mean, you know, Devonte Smith, the, the the catch he made was unbelievable. Again, that's a professional catch. I'm talking about the amateur stuff. Devonte did his job and got wide open on that first long touchdown, the 65 yarder or 66 yarder, and but it was the the route that or the two routes that Sark designed that made that happen. And then it also took uh, Mac Jones. Um, it also took Mac Jones throwing it right on the money in stride. And then the second touchdown he had was also a brilliant route. And uh, it, when you get a guy like Devontae Smith, who's so good, when you get him a route where he's just got a, a, a foot or two of separation, it's, over, it's done. It's write it down. I mean, save your time. Don't even call it. Um, so yeah, it's, it, there's so many positives you know, we can talk about that. And I, another and guy, Sark, about- Sark's an artist, Sark's an artist. And I picture this, I hope this scene has happened because if I was scripting the movie, it would look like this <clears throat> one day, maybe there'll be a movie made about 2020 Alabama winning the national championship in a pandemic. Uh, but if they make a movie, I would include this scene when Lane was here. I think it's different. But when Lane was Alabama's offensive coordinator, we had one word play calls. Every play had its unique word. Uh, yeah, to make Amari. things very simple, uh, you know, it was, you know, and, and the players named it after a lot of stuff, even after women, like there was a Beyonce, there was, a, there, you know, there was a Tyra Banks. I mean, there, there was there's just one word for a lot of plays. I doubt we've kept that. But for purposes of my movie, let, let's assume we did, because I kind of picture Sark in a room with Mac and Najee and Devante and Landon Dickerson, you know, just the, the big stars. And they're all sitting there breathlessly while Sark is up at the board and Sark says stuff like with the sweeping wonderment and says like, you know how we do Raiders? And they're all looking like, oh yeah, Raiders. That works every single time. And then Sark says, this week we're going to do Raiders and we're going to end it by adding a little bit of, and then the room gets real quiet and he says, Packers. And then they all faint. because it's, it's, It's like, Perfect. Everything he does is just he gets guys running wide open, and it's the guys that you think 
the, the defense is accounting for constantly. I mean, how does Devontae get wide open? How does not how, how do all of these receivers have all this room when they should be surrounded by two and three defenders? That's Sark. It's partly their talent and the route running and how Chris Mack is. But I'm telling you, a lot of this is Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah, and, and that's going to be a worry of mine um, as we continue is are we going to lose Sark? I hope we just open the checkbook and, and we can keep him. But, uh, you know, he may want to go somewhere and be a coach, which I, I totally would understand. Um, I just hope that somehow, some way we get to keep him. Um, because I think he's. By the way, it's out there that South Carolina chose Beamer over Sark. That is one thousand percent not true. There was never yeah. real communication between Sark and South Carolina. Not there was never real communication there. So that that that's just not true. If any Alabama fan out there believes it, and, and it's not that South Carolina didn't have any interest. I don't even think it's that Sark didn't have any interest. I just think they just never talked. That was just never South Carolina's plan. Uh, and Sark could probably care less. I, I think he is rightfully looking at different jobs anyway, and they probably are aware of that. Yeah, I just – I would love to be able to keep him for a little longer. I mean, if, if – boy, I mean, obviously I want Saban to coach until he's a 1,000, um, and I think with his uh, battery life, he might be able to live that long because he is a cyborg, as we've determined many moons ago. Um, but uh, – I, in the end, I, Sark's my guy right now. I'm, I'm digging on Sark, and whatever we need to pay him to keep him around, I hope that's what we can do. But, Jimmy, let's uh, let's wrap it up here, and uh, we will have some more glowing uh, reviews of this LSU game coming up. The Arkansas game time has not been announced in the time that we've been doing this podcast, so uh, we'll tweet it out as soon as it's out there. But uh, until then, buddy, roll tight. Roll tide, and we are getting closer and closer to – playing for championships, which define the Alabama football season. Amen.